0: We actually filmed a TV commercial for Hot Wheels that was posted on Nickelodeon.
1: Why should they care about that video? What are you going to do to work with them? (laughs) On ideas, we're probably like six to eight months ahead. Terrible, terrible ideas. While there is an algorithm, it's not the reason your videos aren't getting views.
0: Like there was a lot of days that I dreaded recording and there's still a lot of days that I dread recording. Welcome to Blueprint. It is episode number nine, and our mission today is to give creators value through our knowledge, through our brains. If you're a new listener to the show, the only thing we ask for you guys to do is to share the show if you find value or if you thought what we talked about was interesting because that is our mission to grow the show. It's only through word of mouth. We don't like pump a ton of ads and do a bunch of crazy stuff in the show. Our mission is just to give you value through our experience, through my 11 years of doing YouTube and over 5,000 videos. And we actually have some very interesting things to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, a couple topics that are exciting, one being the future of what it means to be a creator, Mm -hmm. which is kind of scary, but it's also something that you have to embrace because it's just
1: technology. And that is artificial intelligence, but we'll get into that. Yeah, We'll get into that later this episode, so make sure you guys stick around. Um, I was actually on Twitter the other day, right? This is the first thing I want to get into. And I saw a tweet. Um f- and for all of our audio listeners, it's an image of Flynn from Tangled being surrounded by a bunch of swords. And if we want to cut to the uh show the tweet here on our new TV that we got last episode, it's what about content create? What opinion about content creation will have you like this? I thought this tweet was so interesting. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I actually ended up tweeting my response to this and I want to know your thoughts on it, but I put that there, while there is an algorithm, it's not the reason your videos aren't getting views. Tweets like this, it causes people to respond to them and and you hear things that you don't want to hear. And I think that response is something that most creators don't want to hear. You can't blame everything on the algorithm. There is an algorithm, but it's not the reason why you're not getting views.
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, algorithms, I'll just touch on algorithms real quick because I know a lot of YouTube gurus love to rave about algorithms and all these tactics. And I used to do so many algorithm title tagging description tactics that I could possibly think of. Um, And I think in the old days, it made a little bit of a difference because YouTube was a, when I started YouTube, was a very new platform. I started in like 2010, 2011. So it's like YouTube started in like 2008, I believe. Mm-hmm. So back then there was a bunch of SEO tactics that you could use to get your video into the search category a little bit better. Because if you think about it, YouTube is a, um, I mean, YouTube's owned by Google, right? So YouTube is kind of like a search engine, but for videos. Um, but now that's not the way that YouTube videos are viewed. Um, the h- most, bu- I mean, not every video, cause there's a lot of different categories of content that's viewed in different ways. Like, like news type videos get viewed probably on the homepage more than they do in suggested. Right. But my channel specifically, um, I would say s- somewhere in the realm of 70 to 80% of all of our views come from suggested videos ranking behind another video Mm -hmm. and your title and your tags and all of the SEO algorithm tactics have nothing to do with actually how your video ranks and suggested. It's more so the idea, the retention and the CTR, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are very focused on the algorithm when in reality, it's just, you know, how many people are actually clicking on your video? That are getting impressions and how many people, or how long are they staying on the video? Because that's all YouTube cares about, right? Got to remember, YouTube is a is a business. Mm-hmm. So the more money they make, the more money they're going to help you make. If I had to touch on this, I mean, I think the talk of the day is artificial intelligence. Yeah, I know
1: we wanted to talk about it later in the podcast, but I mean, it's a big topic. It, it took this year by by storm, pretty much. It's been mm-hmm. one of the, the the main headlines this year. For everything but specifically content creation we've seen a surge in ai tools and programs and unfortunately in my opinion even ai creators um yes.
0: so yeah so i mean where do we even begin there's so much to talk about with artificial intelligence and i think people uh, a lot of people really underestimate how powerful ai is i mean we are just on the baby stages of what ai can do
1: mm-hmm. um well, there's, there's good stages. There's good things and bad things about AI. Uh, specifically, good, the good things are a lot of the tools that I personally use for, for content creation. But then there's the bad side, where people are automating their entire YouTube process, turning themselves into AI, turning the entire video into AI. It's, it, it honestly kind of removes everything that makes creators a creator, right? Um, yeah. Specifically, we're talking about Quibble He recently has. Have you seen his stuff recently? Yeah. So the very first version was this animated avatar that is generated by AI, and it was uh, it's, it's got facial movements. He's it's his voice is AI. He's like reacting. All of it is AI. And recently, he just released a. Um, very photorealistic version of that now. So this is his Cop 2.0. Well, I want
0: to be clear. I'm no technology expert by any means, but I am a creator. So I can speak from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what he's doing with the technology and what he plans to do, but, I mean, there's a lot of things that people are hard, like in the beginning, it's very difficult for them to get used to because ultimately humans don't like change, Mm -hmm. right? And if you look at Quubble Cop's videos, every single comment is full of hate. It's full of, you destroyed your YouTube channel. This is not going to work. This is the most terrible content. I can't believe what content creation is becoming. Like every single comment is just, you know, why would you watch this? And when you think about it, Think about it this way. When Uber first came out, Mm -hmm. right? The idea of getting in a car with a stranger was very, very weird, right? Like when you tell someone that, you're like, I'm not going to do that. I'll just ride in a taxi, right? Or I'll just whatever. But over time, people got used to it and they adapted to it. And now Uber is a very normal thing. I'm not necessarily saying that AI is going to do the same thing. But I do think that you will see hundreds and thousands of creators that are ran by AI and you won't even know because the AI is so good. Which is sad to say, but it's just the truth. Like, that's just what it's going to be. And if anything, in my opinion, that's a great opportunity. Because the creators out there that are making the real pieces of art, the real videos are going to stand out so much more than the ones that are powered by AI. Cause you got to understand that being really good at, at YouTube is like being, it's like being an artist, right? Every video you put out is a different piece of art in a different way. It's a different story. It's a different, you know, and art thrives, ultimately from creativity. And while AI could be really creative, I think the most beautiful thing about being creative is the human touch, mm-hmm. right? It's the human aspect. Yeah. It's the, I understand what my audience, I understand what's going to touch my audience hearts. I understand what's going to make them cry. What's going to make them happy. What's, you know, and AI could probably understand that one day. But when people know it's AI, they're just not going to be attached to it as much as they would from a human making it, right? I mean, think of all the think of all the greatest art in the world, like Picasso and all Imagine if those paintings were computer generated.
1: They just wouldn't have that same feeling. You
0: wouldn't have respect for them. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't have it's like, oh, Microsoft OS version 2.3 generated this painting. Like there's no value behind it. Yeah. Like, yes, it can make a good piece of content cool.
1: But like, <laughs> I don't know. You lose, <laughs> the biggest thing about being a creator is authenticity. And with using artificial intelligence to run your entire channel, even be the face of the channel, that's where you lose that authenticity.
0: Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're basically just like, it's going to feel like you're just watching a video game. Like you know when you play a video game and you play the story mode? Yeah, but even even those are created by artists. So that Exactly, know. but that's kind of what it's going to feel like. I don't like I'm sure and I know AI is going to get better and better and better and each version of it will improve. Mm-hmm. But still people like if you know it's AI, you know it's AI. Yeah. And they I don't think they're ever going to get over that hump. I think AI is best as tools. Mm-hmm. It's best as tools to assist creators to to do things. Totally agree. And I think as long I think as long as there is imagination and creativity in this world, AI will never take over being a content creator. Because here's the thing: if AI takes over being a content creator, You know what else is going to take over? It's going to take over music. It's going to take over movies. It's going to take over TV shows. It's going to take over sports. Like it, like you really think AI would replace soccer?
1: I don't think it can. That's the that's what I'm saying.
0: And so, like, there's it just can't. Yeah. Right. There's some things that AI can do, and there's other things that people are trying to make AI do that it just can't do because it can't replace that human element.
1: Yeah. Now, could there be a day where AI is better than humans? Maybe at certain things, but nothing I don't know. there yeah. like, like we're saying, the human touch is so important, and you just can't replicate it. Yeah, so I, I mean,
0: I'm, I, I think there's a lot of creators out there that are super worried about it, but I mean, really ask yourself this, the, the thing that I just said, if AI replaces me as a content creator, I do videos like I turn my house into a trampoline park. I hunted a tornado. I filled my house with packing peanuts. Those are the type of videos that I do for kids. If AI could replace me in real life, I don't even know how it would do that. But if it could, that means that AI has the capability of replacing every single thing you watch on the internet. Every single movie, every single TV show, every single everything. scary. And then what's the point of even watching entertainment if you all know it's computer generated? But... Here's the other thing that I think is interesting and a little scary. What if AI was so good that it generated a movie so good, so mm-hmm. realistic, that you couldn't even tell it was AI unless someone told you? That is where it gets a little terrifying. Yeah. Because I think AI could get to that point if it wanted to.
1: Um, I mean, even j- just look at where AI was at the beginning of the year and where it is now. Yeah. the improvements I mean, are crazy. The problem is is like there needs to be
0: some sort of restriction on AI because if AI really has no restrictions, do you do you know how many people are going to lose their jobs? Like I'm oh, not even definitely. I'm not even talking about content creators. I'm talking about website designers, mm-hmm. graphic designers. Like do you know how many people work on the computer as a job? Video editors. Yeah. Imagine I can send an AI bot all my raw footage for a video and it can edit it in 32 seconds and give me a super high retention video better than my seven editors that I pay salaries for, can. Yeah,
1: that's where it gets... That's where
0: it gets scary, right? Mm -hmm. Because then it's like, I don't know, it's just just kind of freaky then because I think it
1: could get to that point. Yeah, that is definitely a a tough thing to think about because on one end, you have the video editors who are like, oh, I'm out of a job, but then you have the creator who says, I could save so much money. I could save seven salaries worth yeah. of money to get this and just use a program. I don't know. It is definitely an interesting conversation. I think AI, like I'm going to keep my eyes on it for honestly forever because how new it is and how how fast it's developing, I don't think we'll ever yeah. not hear about AI.
0: In my opinion, I think you should look at AI as an advantage because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that are focused on AI and they're focused on like, oh, how do I automate my voice so I don't have to do voice lines anymore. Yeah. You should see that as an advantage because the creators that don't use AI are going to end up standing out more. They really are. I mean, it's the same thing as like, I know like there's a lot of restaurants like McDonald's right now that are automating their entire restaurant. And I think McDonald, I could be wrong. Maybe it's a different restaurant, but they want to automate their entire restaurant where there's no one that even works there. Like even when you pull up to order, You're not even talking to a person. It's a robot, but it sounds like a person. Scary. But you completely lose the human touch. Like, do you remember when COVID started, everyone was quarantined? Yeah. Do you remember how much you you lost your mind and you wanted to go talk to people, be social, be in public? Like, that's all you wanted to do? Like, that's what it's going to be like if AI takes over. But the opportunity is that if you create the restaurant full of humans everyone's going to want to come to you, right? Like, let's be honest. When you go to the grocery store and you use the self-checkout line, everyone hates the self-checkout line. Let's be honest. I mean, maybe if you, like, don't want to talk to someone and you're, like, super shy. Like, I used to be a super shy person, so I love the self-checkout. But now I want to talk to one of the employees. Oh, how's your day going? Oh, cool, cool. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Personally, I go to self-checkout all the time, but that's just me. But, like... (laughs) You get the point i don't know yeah
1: i uh, we could really talk about that for a long time well i would do want to talk about the good tools that ai does have to offer and it's stuff that i use personally i want to go down a little bit of a list uh obviously chat gpt is great yeah a lot of people use that i personally use that uh when i want to kind of get a rough outline of something let's say uh i'm writing the description for the podcast i'll type something out And then I'll input that into ChatGPT and I'll say, rewrite this as a description a little bit more formally. And then I'll take that and kind of rewrite that myself. So, you know, you got good opportunities there. A lot of people like to use ChatGPT when they're doing um, outreach to brands. They'll say, hi, I'm this person. Here's my stats. They'll input all that into ChatGPT and get a really well-written email. I think that's great for smaller creators that are trying to get some brand deals Um, Another one is Opus Clips. I think we use this a little Mm -hmm. bit. That one's good. That one's crazy. So if you have a podcast and you want to turn it into short form content, uh, you just throw it into Opus Clips and it'll generate 5 to 10 to 25 different short form clips and give you a rating of each short that it pulled with a description of a short that it made with subtitles, with graphics, and it's reframing your video. It's insane how... How intuitive that program is. Yeah, uh, we use that a little bit. We don't actually use it for the clips that you guys see on YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, or TikTok. We kind of use that to figure out what's a good point of the podcast where we can turn that into a short, and then we'll just make it from scratch.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think those tools are great. I mean, you got you got to look at tools like that, or just like it's just like another tool for a creator, like like Photoshop.
1: Yeah. So or, Photoshop, generative you know, Phil, insane. That's,
0: that's all it is. Yeah. Like it's just another tool for you to use and take advantage of. Um, at the end of the day, I, I always say this. At the end of the day, if your video idea sucks, it still sucks. Doesn't matter how many yeah. AI tools <laughs> you, doesn't matter how many AI tools you use. But that's just, the
1: thing. AI is not even at a point where we can ask it for really viral ideas because even if you do, you're just gonna get. We we've tried it. Whenever ChatGPT came out, I was like, "Give me five viral video ideas that'll get." A million views yeah and terrible terrible idea so you guys give it a shot yourself you're not gonna get anything good yeah. Um, but maybe one day maybe someone's gonna take Jimmy's brain and it's crazy if it could like predict you know retention that's where it gets yeah that's that's where it becomes a really good tool <laughs>
0: yeah
1: someone's developing that someone's got to be developing a tool where okay you input your video and it gives you okay people are gonna click off here yeah that would be insane yeah that would be wild crazy but, but, yeah, that's, that's the future of AI. We'll definitely keep our eyes on that. Um, but speaking of brands, I want to know what's your uh, – what, what is a dream brand that you want to work with? And what are you going to do to work with them?
0: Hmm. I have a few. That's a good question. I've never really thought of a, a dream brand. I'm kind of stuck. I've never really (laughs) thought of one. Yeah, I feel like
1: it's different for you because you don't really make, like your content doesn't rely a lot on working with specific companies, whereas like I'm in the tech niche. So I like to work with a bunch of different tech brands. Uh, I'll name off some of that that I really want to work with. One being uh, Sony, the cameras that, you know, we're shooting this podcast on. Shout out to Sony. Uh, Hopefully that's good enough to work with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really want to work with them because they are great. Not only do they make great cameras, but they really know that their creators have a lot of value for them. So they they love working with creators. Um, And what am I going to do to work with them? I think make more content that is camera focused. I've already started doing that. Um, If whoever follows me on here, you probably noticed, but... Ideally, making content that is about the brand will hopefully get that content on their radar and they'll say, hey, we want to work with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing I did, I'll tell you what I
0: did uh, to work with one of my dream brands. Uh, It was, I don't really have any dream brands that I I want to work with because to be honest, I, I think I've worked with a good amount of them. I would say if I want to work with like, I really want to work with like bigger, bigger brands. Like I'd love to work with like the NFL, or like Ooh. Nike, or like some really really big brands, um, but so when I was a kid growing up, I loved Hot Wheels. Oh. It was my favorite thing yeah. in the world. Was Hot Wheels? I had the biggest Hot Wheel car collection. I have I actually still have a big Hot Wheels collection, like in my office, um, of all of like my favorite cars. But when I started YouTube, I wanted to work with Hot Wheels. That was like one of my goals. I was like, man, I would love to work with Hot Wheels. I don't even know how or what, but instead of me just reaching out to Hot Wheels, I was like, what if I just make a ton of really awesome videos about Hot Wheels, and what if I make them so good that they end up going viral, and then maybe Hot Wheels will want to work with me. And it ended up up working, but I'll tell you the story. So, what I did is, I obviously made videos for kids. I still do today. um, And I wanted to make videos about Hot Wheels. I saw on YouTube, this was like five or six years ago, there was a big trend where people would make like the craziest Hot Wheels track and then they would put a camera on the car and then they would send it through oh, the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those videos would only be like two or three minutes long um, and it would just be the Hot Wheels car, that's it. They'd have like 50 million views or something insane. But the videos had no personality, no character development. It wasn't a vlog. It was literally just a raw video of this Hot Wheels car going through the track, right? So I was like, well, let me bring that into my category of content. And my category of content obviously was vlogging. So I start off with an intro. Hey, guys, today we're going to build an underwater Hot Wheels track. And then I show myself building it. I show myself making the pieces, the problems I run into. And then I send the car through the track with the camera. So... I ended up making a ton of videos like that. Uh, They ended up getting a ton of views. Actually blew up my channel. But the reason it worked is because I took something from one category of content and made it in my own style that was completely different that a lot of people haven't seen before. So I took a video that was already viral on YouTube and basically turned it into a vlog Mm. that was kind of for kids. Because if you think about it, hey, that video has 50 million views. It's a two-minute long video of just a Hot Wheels car going down a track. That's it. But if you think about it, kids love Hot Wheels, right? So turn the video into a vlog for kids where they can watch me build the track, test the track, watch it fail, you know, build the track again. Like that's the most exciting thing about a Hot Wheels track is building a custom track and like sending the car down it and seeing if it works. And it finally works and you're like, yeah, let's go. Um, So I did a bunch of those videos uh, they ended up doing super well. I don't remember how many views they got, but it was a good, I think there's a couple around the 10 million range. Oh, wow. Um, I ended up having Hot Wheels reach out to us because they saw the videos and they wanted to work with us. Um, We ended up doing some brand deals for Hot Wheels. We actually filmed a TV commercial for Hot Wheels that was posted on Nickelodeon. Yeah. If you remember, you remember that yeah, one I helped film that. Yeah. So you helped film that. And that was insane. That was my first time on TV. They literally put me on TV and the commercial ran for like a couple months, I think, to promote one of their new uh, Hot Wheels tracks. Um, I also they flew me out to L.A. I got a tour um, of the whole Hot Wheels facility. Wow. How they build the the cars, how they mold them. I got to meet with a ton of the people from the Hot Wheels team. So that was sick. Um, it was just, it was just an insane experience. But the thing is, is I gave Hot Wheels so much value. Mm -hmm. I gave Hot Wheels 30 to 40 million views before they reached out to me and asked, Hey, you want to partner with us and do something cool? And of course I said, yes. Right. That was my goal. So I think the question is, is like, if you want to work with a brand, you got to impress them. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe this isn't the right approach and I don't recommend everyone to do this because I think a lot of creators can reach out to brands and you can get a lot of money and work that way. But in my opinion, I just, uh, and I got this from Alex Hermosi He's really, his whole theory is give until they ask. Right. So I'm just going to give all of these videos to these brands until they ask. Now I'm not going to promote their product for free. Like I didn't say in my videos, go buy this hollow yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. It's so sick. You know, um, but I'm just gonna keep giving Hot Wheels these videos. I kept giving them these videos until finally they reached out and it was a great partnership, obviously worked out well. Um, and it's cool because the the team at Hot Wheels knew how much value I gave to them. And it, like they were all so happy to meet me. So it wasn't like I had to like make an impression. I already made an impression. That was the impression. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is the guy that made all those viral videos on our brand, Like that's, that's so cool, right? And not every brand will do this, right? Some brands like, um, I'm not going to point any names out, but there's plenty of brands that I've made tons of videos for that have gotten 50, 60, 100 million views, and they've never reached out to me, right? You can't expect every brand to reach out. Some of them don't even care. But I think um, the idea is just give until they ask you or reach out. Um, And like I said, that's not always the best approach. Sometimes you should reach out. Um, but that's just what I've done and it's worked pretty well. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. What, what was it? Give until they ask. Yeah. So Alex hermosi says, give until they ask. So the idea is you should give so much value until he uses it in the sense of, um, acquiring, uh, building your audience. Yeah. So he's like, you should give your audience so much value until they ask you, Hey, can I pay you for this or this or this? Um, but I mean, you can use that same thing for. You know, making content, getting brands to notice you and whatnot as well.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize that's pretty much what I did yeah. for the brands. So that if I work you with.
0: make if you make so much insane content on Sony, you give them so much good content that not only Sony enjoys, but also of course your audience enjoys, and you end up getting some viral videos. There is no doubt in my mind that Sony's going to reach out to you, and they're going to want to do a partnership with you. They're going to fly you out to one of their buildings and they're gonna be super excited to meet you because they're like, oh, this is the kid that got like seven yeah. and a half million views on that Sony camera that we just launched, like, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's literally what I've, I didn't realize it, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing for all the brands that I work with now, like yeah. like Ghost, for example. I was doing a bunch of vlogs on TikTok and I, I wouldn't necessarily say go buy Ghost, but it was just in the frame. And I, I would do it a lot because I wanted to work with them. So yeah. I would show it a lot. Same with, uh, same with High Ground. I would show their keyboards off a lot. They would send out keyboards and I'd make a bunch of videos on them. Um, I even, before I partnered with them, I bought probably, about two keyboards from them and I made a lot of content on that. And those videos did pretty well. But now I'm at a point to where they're, I'm part of their High Ground partner program. And I, uh, they've flown me out to LA and I got to see the 100 Thieves compound and I got invited to a 100 Thieves party the, yeah, other, the other month. So yeah, I give until they ask. Great. I love that. But yeah, if you would have never uploaded those videos. Exactly.
0: If you would have just DM them and been like, yo, can I get a free keyboard? They've would been like,
1: yeah, piss off. But, like, <laughs> if, but if you, okay, if you do outreach like that, mm-hmm. you, you need to offer something in return. Brands aren't going to say, you can't just go to a brand and say, hey, can I have this? I'll make a video on that. Why should they give it to you? Why should they care about that video? Give them your stats. Give them like, hey, uh, I make keyboard content and the last three videos I did hit 50 million views. Obviously, it doesn't need to be that high, but, you know, leverage. But, yeah, you can't just go in with no plan and expect something in return. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, of course. It's like you got to understand these brands, uh, you know, probably get so many emails every day. Oh, yeah. From so many different creators, so many different people like Um, And a lot of these brands that we work with are are huge brands. Like Hot Wheels is a huge company. Um, Ghosts is a huge company. The amount of people that want to work with Ghosts is like insane, right? So you got to fight through that noise, fight through that crowd to work with the really good brands. And the good thing is, is like if you make such a good impression, some of these brands will want to work with you for a really long time. Like it's not like they're just going to sign one deal Mm -hmm. and then that's it. Like they're going to, yeah, they're going to sign multiple deals. It's going to be, Like, it's going to be worth it in the long run. For sure. I mean,
1: retainer deals are a lot more important than one off, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, You could get a 15K one off deal, and that's great. Or you could sign a two year contract and get paid three grand a month from that brand for for two years, and you're making a lot more than the 15K.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice because uh, brand deals go straight to your bottom line. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you don't have to like, like yeah maybe you have to invest a little bit of money into making the videos for the brand deal but ultimately it's just like it's it's revenue that goes straight to your profit like when we get paid six figures for a brand deal it's not like we have we have expenses that come with that like we just we just
1: got the brand deal and then i just promote the thing and then that's it you know yeah yeah so, you don't have to like pay for any sort of production for that brand deal especially mm-hmm. if you're a smaller creator and you're making tech videos Like, it's so nice. I get products are sent to me. I make the video on that product for free or, well, not for free. And then I just get a payday after that. Yeah, it's nice. But I want to also touch on, um, this is something that I've been noticing lately. We're transitioning into our next topic here. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. (laughs) Halloween. Um, Daily vlogging is making a comeback. Is it now? What are your thoughts on that? So one thing that I've noticed about YouTube
0: um, is that there's like, it just has a lot of patterns. Um, like things just go up and down, mm-hmm. right? Like daily vlogging was a thing. I don't know, four years ago. Yeah. I w- three I would years say, ago, maybe.
1: Actually, I would probably say five, six to seven.
0: Yeah. So it was like a big thing. And then it kind of died out and the whole challenge Mr. Beast era came in. And now a lot of people say daily vlogging is kind of coming back and a lot of people are enjoying them. And it's kind of the same thing I experienced in Minecraft. Um, And I can only give the Minecraft example because I've been creating Minecraft content for the longest. I've only been doing vlogging content for like, or challenge content, whatever you want to call it, the videos that we do now. I've only been doing those for like, Four, four, years. four or five years, but I've been doing Minecraft for like ten. Right, so I've seen the cycles that it goes through. So one thing that was a really, really big cycle was Minecraft role plays. Right, it was uh, it was something that every Minecraft creator did. Everyone loved it. It was basically where you role play a certain scenario, like okay, we're in Minecraft school or we're in Minecraft um, prison. Right, oh, like. Yeah. If you ever, I don't know if you have ever seen like the
1: Minecraft cops and robber videos. If I've, you remember I've those, not Minecraft, but I've seen it in Halo.
0: Yeah, so like it's kind of a, it's it's a role play video, right? There's yeah. there's a cop team. There's a uh, there's a criminals. You gotta escape, right? Um. So that was a huge trend. It in fact it was the only thing that people watched in Minecraft, and then Minecraft went to a trend that was more like Minecraft survival. Like everyone just enjoyed people building stuff and surviving in Minecraft. That was the trend. It was a huge and then it kind of went back to role plays and this is where like Afmao and some of the big big role play creators um, kind of started rising a lot. And now it's kind of back down to the Minecraft survival stuff where all the videos that are that are trending are like what can you build in Minecraft? What can what kind of challenge can you achieve? Um, and I know that Example that I just gave probably doesn't relate to a lot of people because they're probably not in the Minecraft space. But the point is, is like that up and down kind of phase um, was something that kind of it's like over the course of like 10 years. Another good example is when that phase came back down to the whole survival thing where everyone was watching like survival challenge based videos. That's when Dream started popping off.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's when Dream and all those guys started popping off is when that the Minecraft kind of swung back to that phase. So just like Minecraft, all the other categories of content on YouTube kind of go through these phases as well. Um, I don't know what better way to describe it, but it's it's just something that I've observed because I've had to change my Minecraft channel so many yeah. times to adapt to what the audience wants, right? And the lesson that I've kind of learned from that is your content might be getting better and better and better, but ultimately your audience might be changing. Uh And you have to go where the audience goes sometimes, or not sometimes, all the time, (laughs) because the audience is the people that are watching your videos, right? Um, And if you're making, I've seen so many of my YouTuber friends completely fall off because they, they start making content in that maybe role play phase, and they don't get out of it. They keep yeah. making that content. They don't go where the audience is going, and their views end up going down 80%, and they just they just get stuck. They get really, really stuck where they are. Um, that's how I've been able to really explode going from Minecraft to vlogs because I took my Minecraft channel that had 10 million subscribers, and then I completely abandoned it, And then started vlogging, and now I have 16 million subscribers on vlogs. And the reason I did that is because I didn't. I kind of saw the end of Minecraft. I saw it going down into a phase that's not really recoverable. And also, my entire Minecraft audience that I built up for eight years was grown up now, right? They're 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 15, 16, 17 years old. They're not they're not uh nine and ten what they used to be watching my Minecraft videos. So I was like, I need to grow with my audience and that's when I started making vlogs, more mature content and now we're doing crazy stuff like hunting tornadoes and all types of stuff. But my, I have so many comments on my videos of people being like, yo Nathan, yo Unspeakable, I've been watching you for nine years. I've been watching you for seven years. I remember when you used to do Minecraft survival and Minecraft role plays and now I'm watching you hunt tornadoes Like this is like this is so cool, right? So I'm kind of like following my audience. And I think where I'm at now, I'll probably stay there for a long time because I think the type of content we make now is kind of for all ages. I've met moms that are in their 40s that are like legit fans of my content. Um, And their kids are also fans too. But like the mom is not a fan just because her kid watches. She's like, no, I legit watch your videos when my son is at school or whatever, like I will legit watch them on my computer. So like, um, the content we make now is kind of for all ages, which is great. Right. So if my audience can keep growing and they can keep watching when they're 20, 30, 40, right. Or however long I decide to make YouTube. So the lesson there is there's, there's phases of YouTube and there's phases that an audience goes through. And you just have to learn, and the only way you learn that is just really being in the game and making hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content, because uh, there's really no other way to learn it and to understand it and to look at every creator in your category that's making content and understand how they're adapting, how they're changing. Oh, that dude over there, he didn't get that many views before, but now he's getting five times the amount of views. Why is that? Like, you know, so just being in the game—that's the only way you're going to observe those kind of uh movements in the in the economy
1: i guess but yeah i mean well daily vlogging hopefully it comes back i personally love watching i feel like it's such a personal connection with those creators yeah no it's great i think think it will come back are we gonna see you do a daily vlog
0: (sighs) (laughs) i want to say yes but i just have like no interest in daily vlogging yeah like, I just have no interest in, like, picking up the camera at 5.15 <laughs> in the morning and filming me making my coffee and getting to work. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't sound fun to me.
1: I think it's also, like you said, how it, it happens in phases, different uh, genres of YouTube. Yeah. So, vlogging back then was a very, like, everything that's going on with your day. But then you watch something like ARAX vlogs. Yeah. And they're a little bit more... Adapted to today's like YouTube space. So yeah, they're a little slower. I don't think you need to document absolutely everything going on in your day, but at least a good chunk of it. Yeah, the problem is, is just like
0: my day is really boring. <laughs> like it really is, to be honest. I mean, we do a lot of cool things for our videos, but our videos are obviously the highlight of what we planned. Yeah. Like the amount of, cre- dude, the past three weeks, I've done nothing but sit in a creative meeting every single day for three weeks straight we've barely filmed we filmed like one or two things but the reason for that is because we've been planning all of our videos for the next like six months Mm -hmm. like we have like so we are on creative we're like four months ahead and then on ideas we're probably like six to eight months ahead on like the ideas that we want to do which when i talk to some creators like that 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 like blows their mind because i've talked to some creators and they're like i don't even know what video i'm filming next week that's rough I know what video I'm filming on December 22nd. We well, used to be like that. I used, yes, I used to be like that. I remember that. Yeah. well, the problem is is now our videos are getting so big that cert- there's certain things that we have to build or order or make that take three months. Like we had to order this prop for one of our videos and it takes two and a half months to get here. Yeah, true, right? So it's like we have to really plan these videos really far out in advance, so that's why we do that. I'm not saying every creator has to do that. If you want to be prepared, I think it's great. Because it takes a lot less stress off me um, because I was very stressed when I was like week to week. Like it would be a Friday and I was like, oh man, I got to film eight videos next week and I have no idea what they are. yeah, No idea. Like zero clue. And that was stressful. But now I'm at a point where, hey, I know what video I'm filming in December. I know what after the Christmas break, after New Year's, I know what videos we're filming first week back on January.
1: Ultimately, so, that's because, you know, you don't want your videos to be terrible. Mm. If you're doing going week to week and you don't know what you're going to film next week, you're rushing that next video yep. and you're going to see such exactly. a, such a drop in quality. But now that we're like 4 months ahead, those videos are going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was rushing a lot of
0: ideas. I was I was rushing a lot of ideas because I had the expectation that I had to upload. I used to do 2 to 3 videos a week on the the vlog channel, so challenges <laughs> like three videos a week, three challenge videos that were big. I had to build a giant Lego tower or build an underwater Hot Wheels track or figure out how to build a Lego boat and sail it across a lake. Like I would do three of those every single week, um, which is just, I don't even know how I pulled that off. It's crazy. And I still uploaded uh, two to three gaming videos a week on two different channels. So that's another six to eight videos a week for gaming content. Which wow. is just like crazy. And then brand deals, merch, everything else that had to be balanced. So yeah. that was like, I remember that year vividly. It's like a, just like a flashback that's in my head. I think I uploaded like 800 870 something videos in one year.
1: Wow. Which is like <laughs> insane. On multiple channels, yeah. On three, three different, different channels. channels. Yeah. My big question, I think a lot of creators will find value in this, is how do you stay organized? What's your biggest mm-hmm. tip to stay organized? It doesn't have to be like a list. Just give me one thing that you do that helps you stay organized with all of your content. Um, I mean,
0: well, first off, I'm not an organized person at, at all. all. I'm very disorganized, but I think programs help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like like notion and there's all types of really great tools that can keep you organized. Tough. You just gotta spend time on it. I don't yeah. I don't there's really no other answer than hey, you gotta you gotta spend time on it. You gotta figure out like what am I doing tomorrow, what am I doing next week. That's the best way to stay organized is the best way to stay organized is just to stay ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, because if you're staying ahead and you know what you're doing, then I would say you're organized, right? Mm-hmm you know, getting all your video ideas in one place and making sure they're all on like... I used to have like so many different places where I would put things. So I had like a Google Excel sheet where I had my calendar. I had a Google Doc where I had vlog ideas. I had another Google Doc where I had Minecraft ideas. I had another Google Doc where I had strategies. I had another Google Doc where I had retention strategies. I had another Google Doc where... Like it was all just Google Docs where I had everything. Um, so I think not doing that and getting a program like Notion where you can organize everything and keep it all nice. I mean, organization is key, right? Because when you're a creator, there's so much information that you have to have. Like you have so many video ideas. And then when you when you just upload, uh, you know, after you upload 10 videos, you should be writing five to six things down about, hey, how could I improve those videos? Why were those videos bad, right? And then you have to figure out how to take all those notes and apply them to the next 10 videos that you film. So keeping an organized place where all those notes can be in a notion or a document system or however you want to do it is is really, really key. Because if you're not taking all this data and organizing it, like you're just you're just operating like blindly. You're just like, oh, I think I remember what I did wrong on that video, so I think I'm gonna do it this way. You know. So, I am a person that likes to write everything down. Um, what I like to do is I just throw it in my notes, and then I'll organize it into all of my docs and all of my systems and all of my places. Um, so that's that's the best way. You just gotta work on being organized. I have days where. Um, I have specific – well, not an entire day. I'll usually do it on the weekend, like on a Sunday. But I'll set aside like half of my Sunday just to like reorganize everything. Hmm. Like make sure everything's up to date. Make yeah. sure, hey, is am I still working on that? Is this idea still in the trash can? You know, just like yeah. going through everything and just like – like I love doing it on Sunday because it preps for the week because Monday through Fridays are like super slammed. So getting it done on Sunday makes me feel like very – it makes me feel very refreshed uh, before I go into the week because I feel very clean, I guess. Um, But yeah, I mean, organization is just something you have to work on. You can't expect to just like, I was never, I was the most unorganized person you could ever meet. Um, But the more you work on being organized, the better you're going to be at it, right? Like um, another thing that I was really bad at was, and I'm still kind of bad at it today, is like getting distracted while I'm working. Like I'll be working on something and I'll pick up my phone or I'll get an email and I'll reply to that email and it will distract me from the main thing I'm working on. And like I just learned that that's just a skill, right? Being very focused is just a skill, right? They – when I was in school, they diagnosed me with like every ADHD under the sun and I tried like eight different types of medicines and none of them worked. And in reality, I was just – working on things that I didn't enjoy. And once I started working on things I enjoyed, I had so much focus. But I still would get distracted with like a phone buzzing or this. So you just got to learn how to eliminate those distractions. But my point is, once I learned how to eliminate those distractions, I focused better and I realized, oh, this is just something I have to work on, right? It's just something I have to work on. I got to work on it every day. Some people can focus really well, but I'm just not one of those people. So I got to work on it extra hard compared to others. Same thing with organization. If you're not an organized person, you probably just have to work on it extra hard because I have friends that are insanely organized. They'll show me their documents of all these things they've created for all their videos. And I'm just like, what in the world? Um, so I, it's just something you work on. I don't, there's no other way to put it. There's yeah. no, there's no secret tip. There's no, Oh, if you download this AI tool, <laughs> you can get more organized. Just you just have to spend time staying organized. And it takes discipline. It takes discipline, but it's the most it's the best thing you can do because when things are organized and they look clean and you you sit back and you look and you're like, oh yeah, this is like it just makes you feel refreshed. It makes you feel informed. Um, and it's a really good way to just kind of like clean up your your head. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll have like I go through a week and I, I, like this week I'm traveling and I think of ideas all the time on the fly and not just video ideas. I'm talking about ideas of how to cut this video, uh, random thumbnail notes, um, ideas on where to position this person in the company, uh, ideas on, hey, I just randomly thought of that meeting that we had last week at 11.45 and I remember what you said and I want to change my mind on this. I have like, I, I in a one week I'll get, Five pages of those, and I'll just note them all down. And then on Sunday, I'll organize them all, set up meetings, do whatever I need to do. Because my mind is just like always running. I told you that thing. I don't I think we talked about it like last week in the podcast, where I get some of my best ideas in the shower. Yeah. And If I don't write them mm-hmm. down right away, if I don't write them down right away, I'll forget them. And I'm pretty good at remembering them when I'm in the shower. But there's been a couple times where I've literally gotten out of the shower soaking wet. Go to grab my phone, write down the idea, and then get back in the shower. Um, maybe I'm a little too obsessed, but <laughs> that's what it takes. That's what no, it takes. That's the grind.
1: That's the grind, that's dude. The grind. It never
0: stops, dude. I dream about this stuff every night. You would call me. You would think I'm crazy. Like it's yeah, just complete obsessive thoughts. But I mean, ultimate
1: healthy obsession.
0: That's ultimately what it's very healthy, dude. Obsessive. I I love like I love everything that we do. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking about that actually last night when I was laying in bed and I was thinking like, I cannot, I'm so excited to wake up at 5am tomorrow and to think of video ideas. And to some people that sounds insane, (laughs) right? I've been doing YouTube for 11 years and I am so excited to get out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and start planning video ideas for the next four hours before I go into a creative meeting at 9
1: a.m. I mean, if you're obsessed with something like, like YouTube, I think that's where,
0: yeah. I mean, it's just like, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, so you should probably go back and listen to some of the other episodes, but the more you do YouTube, like if you really love YouTube, the more you do it, the deeper and deeper your passion grows. Mm -hmm. Like it becomes, it's like a, it's like a drug, dude. It's like, (laughs) it's like unreal. It's like the more you take, the more, like the, just the more obsessed you're going to get. For sure. Like four years ago, I was not like this. I was not like, like there was a lot of days that I dreaded recording. And there's still a lot of days that I dread recording, but like, I don't know. I'm just so happy to get up at 5
1: a.m. and just plan videos. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that would say the same. Well, that's ultimately where we want to get you guys that are listening or watching. We want to get you to that point. So thank you guys for tuning in. Episode 9, Episode 10. We got a special guest. So make sure you guys subscribe. We do. We do have a special guest. We got another creator coming on to the podcast. But make sure you guys are subscribed and uh, yeah, be ready for that. All right. Goodbye. Bye.